Isn't that encouraging, church? Isn't that good? Okay. You guys can go ahead and be seated. All right, so I was in my early 20s. I was driving back home from work, from church. I was a youth pastor. And at this point in our life, I mean, we were in the situation where it's like, if I wanted to go eat McDonald's for lunch, I needed to call my financial advisor to find out, can I still make my mortgage payment if I go spend $2.99 at McDonald's? And the answer was always, no, you cannot. Like, there just wasn't an extra penny around. And so when I was driving my beat-up car back home from work for the day, and I turned left onto this kind of sketchy road in Toledo. It was just the path I had to take home. I mean, there's a closed down Marco's Pizza, and the road is just beat up and busy. But as I turn onto that road, I see blowing across the road something that catches my eye. It is not a $1 bill. It is not a $5 bill. It is not a $10 bill. It is a $20 bill. All right? And so when I see this thing, I hit the brakes. I pull off the side of the road. I go out running through traffic, chasing a $20 bill through the wind and through the traffic because it's a $20 bill. And I'm like, Tia, we are going out tonight. Like, we, we can get anything we want off the value menu. Like, let's go. I, I mean, it was just, it was that valuable to me. I'm not sure that I'd run across four lanes of Deparado for a $20 bill at this age in my life. I don't know about you and what you see valuable, what you see is worth. I'm going to hit the brakes. Everything's going to stop. I'm going to act like a fool. I'm going to go get this. Like, I don't know what the level has to be as far as value for you to do something like that these days. But I do know that for things that are completely lacking value, in fact, things that are destructive, I know that we often will hit pause for things that are destructive for some reason. It's like, every, you guys just need to wait while I finish reading about this traumatic news article that is Maybe reliable, maybe not, but I want to read it because it's going to get me all emotionally upset for the next 30 minutes. It's going to wreck our evening, and you guys just need to wait until I'm done bringing some emotional trauma into my life. I mean, you just think about it. There's so many things that we will hit pause for right now that has absolutely no value. But there's things that we know that we should be doing. We know that there's things that would lift up our day if I would just stop for a minute. If I would just appreciate what I have for a minute, we know that if we would stop, that it would actually help us. And so we've talked about, as we, we've been going through the series called Get Your Life Back, which is some messages that are just kind of going alongside some of the content that John Eldridge writes in his book. We've talked about the one-minute pause, just twice a day, carving out that time to say, God, I give you everyone and everything, and how good it is for your spiritual life and how that bleeds into your emotional life, your physical life. And today we're getting into another area, and when we think of God and we think of his characteristics, we think about his power, we think about his strength, we, we think about him being omnipresent and omnipotent, we, we think about those type of things, but at least us men, I don't think that we'd normally categorize or, or classify God with the term that we're looking at today and the role that it plays in our life, the term beauty. The scripture in, in quite a few places actually refers to to God as being beautiful. And just the whole concept of beauty, it's kind of a cr strange concept. There's things like beauty and, and laughter that when I, when I stop and actually just think about how we experience them, it kind of makes me just pause and laugh for a minute. Like, why is it that someone getting hit in the face with a football will cause me to have to expel air for my lungs? Like, why, why does that happen? But it does. Same thing with beauty. Like, why is it when I see the sun setting across the water, there is just part of me that just like, Whoa. Like, it's strange, but it's designed into you. 
And what we're going to see in Scripture today, as we look at the beauty of God and the way that he made creation, that beauty is designed to create a sense of peace, a sense of calm, a sense of order in us, a sense of reassurance that God is there and that he's involved. And I think that we've allowed so much trauma to be in front of us that, that we need to create time and pause to absorb the beauty of what God has created around us. And that's what we're going we're to be looking at today. But first I want to show you Psalm chapter 27, verse 4. And this is a prayer, a cry of a heart that's ringing out. And it says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. He is beautiful. He is majestic. When you look at the face and the character of God, when you look at the way that he speaks to you, the way that he's acted towards you, there is a response that will well up in your heart of taking in all of that information that will just say, he's incredible, he's beautiful, he's majestic. I mean, that's just the natural response when we get to see God for who he is. And I think that We've missed out on a lot of opportunities to just celebrate and revel in and absorb the beauty of who he is because we've allowed other sources to occupy the space and the time in our head that he belongs in. The prayer that we see here in Psalm 27 is is a desire to just be in the house of God all day long. Just consuming and thinking about and celebrating how incredible our God is. And if we had a little bit more of that in our life, I think that we would navigate the issues and the stresses of today a little bit better. And so that, so God, he's described as beautiful, but do you know how Jesus has described it? He's described as the exact image of who God was. I mean, in Hebrews chapter one, verse three, it says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins. Jesus, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Jesus is all the greatness of God in flesh. All of the beauty and all of the strength and all of the power. And so if we're walking closely with him, if he's part of our life, then there's part of us that should be looking at him and saying, wow, he is amazing. He is incredible. Glorifying him, praising him. Jesus, you, you are beautiful in the way that you love, in the way that you serve. And the way that you set an example, there should be part of us that's saying, he is beautiful. And I want to start with that because when I talk about, and this is the title of the message today that goes along some of the content in the book, is this concept of drinking in the beauty. That, That in our understanding of who God is, there should be a response of saying, God, you are incredible. And then looking around our world, there's so many reminders, there's so many proofs, there's so many whispers that he has set up to just remind you on a daily basis that as you start and you see that sunrise, I mean, I I just think it's so incredible that at the beginning and the end of the day, God designed something in us that when we see that sunrise, we just go, oh man, it's incredible. But how long has it been since we saw a sunrise? Same thing with the sunsets. The sunsets here in Cape Coral, they're incredible. They're beautiful. I mean, there's all these colors of pink. There's, there's green. I mean, there's this incredible just range of colors that God puts on display for us. 
But when's the last time we stopped and appreciated it? And this, isn't, this is not at all a guilt thing. This is just a recognition thing. This is, I'm suggesting to you that for, from what we see in how God created Scripture and what it's supposed to do in our life, that one of the ways to reduce the stress and the worry that you're feeling is to hit pause and look at all that God has done. Let it all bring you back to his face. Because I know that when you're close with him, there's a sense of peace that you're going to feel. Beauty, it's this characteristic of God, and I think that it's overlooked. And I think that we need to see it more. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says that God has made everything beautiful in this time. God has, has placed beauty all around us in this time. Romans chapter 1, verse 20, and we'll put this one on the screen. It says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. I want you to see that these invisible qualities of God, Scripture is teaching us here that these qualities of who he is is clearly displayed through creation. And so husbands, I I got you. Just check this out. Wives, your husband, he needs to go fishing. It's a spiritual thing. He needs to get out in nature. He needs to get out in time where he looks and he sees the beauty of what God has done and he needs to soak it in. And wives, I've got you too. Husbands, your wife needs to go to the beach by herself without the kids. She needs to go sit and watch the waves and relax and enjoy the incredible landscape that God has placed right here in our backyard in Southwest Florida. There is something in us that needs beauty to be displayed. God has created in you this amazing ability to appreciate beauty, and it just takes our breath away, and it does something to us when we allow it to work. It does something to us. It brings us to a moment of worship and recognition and and, and beauty. It's just like, like this gentle whisper of who God is. I mean, it reminds me so much of Elijah's interaction when he was trying to hear from God and he was scared and, and there was a huge earthquake, but God's voice was not in the earthquake and there's a loud, powerful wind, but it, God's voice was not in the. But then there was a gentle whisper and there he heard God. And all throughout your day, there are these gentle whispers of God saying, I am in control of all of this. That, that no man can snatch this future from my hand. No one can, can remove you from my hand. I have this in control. No matter how the nations rage, your heavenly Father is still on his throne. And every sunrise and every sunset declares the goodness and power of God. Every time that the night sky is filled with stars, he says, I'm bigger than anything your nation has ever seen or will ever see. He is able and he has set his power up as a, and reminds you through nature and creation. But we've been so consumed within four walls covered in drywall and screens covered with panic that I think that we've missed the power of God's beauty and the peace that comes with it. And so one of the pauses that I want to add into your week is to just stop and look. Because his beauty, it's on display from the the dew that is on the grass in the morning to the smile that is on your child's face. All throughout your day, there there are these beautiful pictures of God's love and his creation that I think that we've been too busy to take in. We've got to create some time because beauty, it, it will actually do a work in us. 
Um, beauty, uh, Augustine, the church historian and theologian, he said, beauty is a plank amidst the waves, is how he described it, and described the work that it did in our lives. That when we allow beauty to be absorbed, that, that when we see it and we appreciate it and it guides us back into worship of our Heavenly Father, it's as if you were lost at sea and you found something to hold on to. It, it doesn't work. It, it rescues be, beauty. It reassures that when we see and we spend these acts, might have heard from, from rooms with windows, overlooking natural settings, convalesced, that means recovered from, he writes for Harvard Magazine, so he has to use bigger words than necessary, um, convalesced faster, required less pain medicine, and had shorter hospital stays than patients whose rooms had windows that faced a wall. I mean, it, it's, it's almost surprising, but it's not surprising that just by being able to look out in nature, they were able to document patients did better when they had nature outside of their window. When they had a visible reminder that, that, that God, he has an order. That if his eye is on the sparrow, how much more will he give you what you need in due time? And there's something about absorbing in that beauty that it doesn't just affect your soul. It doesn't just affect your emotions. It will actually affect your physical body because we know that stress felt will ruin how we physically feel. But we know that, but we continue to consume trauma after trauma after trauma. We read and we watch videos of terrible things that are happening in the world time after time again, and we're surprised when it leads us to a dark and depressing and broken state. And we ignore all of these incredible opportunities for beauty. And so I just want to call your attention to it, that, that if you had a meter on your life that ranged from trauma to beauty, what are you consuming and how much of which? And I don't want us to live our life with our eyes shut to what's happening in the world, but we have to recognize how much of what we are drinking in. Because God has not designed you to absorb all of that trauma. And he has designed you that if you'll look up at the stars that it'll lift up your heart a little bit and remind you of your heavenly Father's love. So how have you been doing on that? What have you been consuming the most? Have you ever even thought, man, I need to see something beautiful today? I mean, wives, just tell your husband, you will do better if you just stare at me for a little while. You need to look at something beautiful. You, you need to take your eyes off of the things that are telling you everything's falling apart and put them onto the faithfulness of God. Put them back onto his character and who he is, which is where creation points us to. I'm not saying go look at a sunset for the sake of the sunset. I'm saying go look at the sunset because it's going to point you back to your heavenly father. It all gets back to are we glorifying God in our heart? Are we, are we reaching out towards him? How are we doing that? Because it, it, it will happen. You know, I, It reminds me of it, of it this way, that when I lived up north, for 12 years, and I endured 12 long winters. I never adapted to the winter there. Um, I'm sorry, I just, I couldn't. But I would, I, I recognized this trend that would happen, that as it got colder, I, as I went out the door, I would always like clench my muscles and like prepare for the feeling of the cold. Like, I mean, like if you've ever jumped into a pool that was too cold and right before you hit the water and you like, you just tense up, like you start to do that up north every time you go outside. Like you just have to brace for the cold a little bit, get out to the car, do what you need to do, get back in. And there comes a certain day where it's like you, 
you clench and you get ready for the cold and it's just not cold. And you're like, why am I doing this with my body? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what, what, what am I doing here? But you just get so programmed that, you know, this is going to be bad. This is going to be painful. This is going to be cold that you just naturally do it. And I, I think that, you know, we just, we're entering our days like, Everything's going to be bad today. Like, I just, I have to be prepared. Like, I'm physically ready for things to fall apart. Like, like we've gained this perspective that as we walk into stuff, that it's just going to be inherently bad and difficult. Because all, all that we've allowed ourselves to experience is just trauma, 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 bad news, bad news, bad news. Everything's falling apart. Everything's falling apart. Everything's falling apart. And so I want you to look at your life, literally. Some of you guys literally need to remove some apps from your phone. Some of you guys need to set restrictions up within the settings of your phone that keep you from going back to your doomsday sources. And you need to set a reminder. I mean, just, just even setting a scripture versus the lock screen on your phone would help so many of you. That each time you pick it up, I mean, every 15 minutes, we're going to digital sources for information. If every 15 minutes you were going to the source of life instead of to a source of news, it would affect your perspective on what's going to happen in that day. And my encouragement, I mean, this is like permission to have fun. This is permission to be happy. This is permission to be healed. This is permission to be whole again. You have to look at your life and say, where am I drinking in beauty? Where am I drinking in the characteristics and the truth of God? Where am I drinking in the truth that God is still at work in this world? Because if that is just limited to Sunday morning, man, you're going to get overweight with all of the bad news that happens throughout the week. And so you have to find, okay, how, how, how do I do it? And, and it's, it's one of those things that it, it just, it, it builds momentum. That the more that you allow God's word to speak into your life, when you allow more of God's beauty to pour into your life, it builds momentum to get you through things that you didn't think you'd be able to get through before. Because, and I like to explain it this way with the, the moon illusion. Like that's, it's just one of my favorite things. I find it to be one of the neatest things because we experience this thing that's called the moon illusion. You guys have seen the nights where it's like the moon is really small in the sky and there's nights where the moon is really big in the sky. And, it, and it's just, it's almost like, why is the moon so much bigger tonight? Well, the moon doesn't really change size, like just so you know, it, it doesn't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you guys this first picture um, of the moon high up in the sky. That's kind of what I, it feels like most times. And, and we see, okay, the moon is up high in the sky, and it's just kind of little. But when the moon is down towards the horizon, we see it this way. Go to the next picture. And it, and it, and it looks huge. It's like, why is the moon so big tonight? But it's always when it's low on the sky. Because... This illusion that happens is when the moon is up high, we don't have anything to compare it to. So it seems small. It seems far away. It's far away from all the things that we know. But when it's down near the earth, when it's down near the trees, we recognize how big it really is. When we get far away from God and when God feels far away from our problems, it seems like he's insignificant. He's the speck that is out there, but he's not close enough. He's not powerful enough. He's not big enough to do anything about anything that's happening in our life. But when through absorbing the beauty of, of who he is through creation, through scripture, through being close to Christ and the way that we live our life and we allow him to be close, we recognize he's bigger than all of these things. He's bigger than all the things that we face. And, and we, we get caught up in this illusion based on what's just around us in our life. I mean, the illusion, it's called the Ebbinghaus illusion. Here's another effect of it. The, these two dots, one seems smaller than the other, but I know that you're incredibly intelligent and you recognize that both orange dots 
are completely the same size, but what surrounds them is different. And what surrounds them is what builds your understanding of how big one of them is. Your understanding of God, it causes you to limit what you think God will or won't do in your life. But I'll promise you this, the closer you get to him, the bigger you recognize he is, the more powerful you recognize he is. And it's not that he changed, it's that your perspective changed. That it's like when you first start walking with God, it just seems like, okay, he's out there and maybe he kind of loves me, but he's far away. And the more time that you spend with him, the more that you study him in scripture, the more that you trust him and take steps of faith, the, the closer you get to him, the bigger you recognize he is. The, the more you understand that he can do abundantly and exceedingly more than I could ever ask or imagine. And it's something that has to be experienced, not just heard. And so I want you to experience that, but it's going to take you taking steps of faith. Saying, I will trust you. That if I don't know all of the news that's happening in the world, I'll trust that you're still on the throne and that you can handle it, even if I don't know about all of it. I will know what I need to be an informed and active citizen, but I'm going to make sure that I'm filling my life with the beautiful things that you've created, the truths that I'm supposed to build my life on, the truths that are supposed to guide me in how to love my neighbor and how to care for my city. I'm going to fill myself with those and trust you for the other things. When you tell me that I have six days to work and one day I need to rest, I'm going to trust you that what needs to get done will get done. I'm going to trust you that if I, I apply your scriptures to my relationships, that I will not be lonely, but my needs will be met as I walk in obedience with you. And each one of these steps, they get easier and easier to obey the closer you get to God, because you just see he's bigger than anything that I could even have thought. He's more powerful than anything that I would have dreamed. He's more loving than I even expected or deserved but it's gonna be experienced by step after step. And one of the first steps, I think, is you have to allow your mind, your heart, your life to be filled with the right things. And I, I don't know that before I read this chapter that I've ever stopped and been like, how many beautiful things am I filling my life with right now? I mean, that's not my normal verbiage either, but I recognize the truth that he is beautiful, that the things that he's created they are incredible and beautiful, and they inspire awe and worship within my heart. And we need to look at things that will drive us back to him in worship. And I believe that you could describe those things as beautiful. So, so what is beautiful in your life? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory. God's glory just radiates in the person of Jesus Christ say one of the most beautiful things you can do is spend time with him. It's going to inspire awe in you. Band, if you guys are going to, would make your way up, I'm going to begin to close this out. Jesus is the, is the radiance of God's glory, and James 4, 8 says that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It's not that he shifts because, man, he's already at your door knocking on your life, calling you into something deeper, better, closer to him but it's on you to take the step of opening the door. God so loved you that he sent his son to live the perfect life, to pay a penalty that you, you earned, but you could never pay off. Jesus rose from the grave to show that, that we have victory over death and sin. And you can know those truths, but until they make it to your heart, they don't have the power to transform. Until you believe, until you confess, 
until you repent and take that step of change. It lacks power. And I hope, I pray, it's, it's the most incredible thing, it's the most beautiful thing to see a life changed and transformed. That's why we're here today. Because when I, I took that step of faith for myself and, and I applied what scripture taught, it so changed me that I was like, man, I just want other people to experience this great love. And so there is no, there is no fear, there is no embarrassment of getting started. There's no embarrassment of getting back on track. In fact, God speaks directly to those who need to get closer. He says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. If you felt far, take the step in and I'll meet you there. The whole message of the gospel is that we could not fix ourselves on our own, but God moves towards us and he invites us in. Have you received the invitation? Have you said yes? God loves you. He offers forgiveness and new life. Have you received it? And if you have received it, let's share this beautiful hope with our world. Let's fill our heart and our mind with the things that scripture call us to teach because we have a responsibility. I wanna share this last passage with you. Psalm 145, verse four through five. It says, one generation commends your works, God's works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. If we're concerned about the future of the church, we don't change other people's lives by telling them what to do. We, we change their lives by showing them. If we want them to be transformed by this amazing love that God has, we have to allow that love to transform us. And then the Holy Spirit will speak to them and move in them, but it starts with us. And if we don't like what we see in the future, we need to look at what we're doing as a church, as individuals. If our next generation is filled with despair, are we teaching them to just continue to drink and drink and absorb despair? Are we showing them the beauty and the truth of who God is within our lives and within this earth? So evaluate, church. What am I pouring in this week? Is the beauty of God on display in my heart and my mind? Because as you allow him to show you all that he's done. I know your feeling of hope, your feeling of being healed, your feeling of being fulfilled, they're all going to rise up when we set our eyes on the things above, not on the things of earth.